Good morning, everyone. The title of our message this morning is God's Bigger Than COVID-19 from Psalms chapter 27. All around us, we see signs of dangers in the world. Today, regarding COVID-19, every newspaper, news report, and talk radio are full of stories about this virus. We want answers. We are looking for something to relieve us from our fears, something to reassure us. We're looking for some source of security within our hearts. Sadly, people are looking for security in their bank accounts, in their relationship. Other places are trusting the government to find a vaccine. But none of these are real solutions because none of them offer total security or absolute reassurance. You see, no amount of money, success, or any position in life can truly give you peace in every situation. Only God. So the question becomes, how can I survive COVID-19? And the answer to this question is given in Psalms 27. This psalm shares ways in which we can trust God and have confidence in Him to help us overcome our fears. Psalms 27 is one of the best known and most comforting of the psalms. We have two points in our sermon this morning. David's confidence and David's prayer requests. David's confidence. The first three verses of Psalms 27 expresses David's confidence in God. The mood of the text suggests that he is in trouble and fear is knocking on his door. David expresses his faith out loud in God through the use of the personal pronoun my. He says that God has been three things to him. God has been his light. Psalm chapter 27 verse 1a, the Lord is my light. David here is affirming that even in darkness, he has no fear because God is his light. In the New Testament, we find that light is Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 5 through 9 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. In Jesus, we see and understand what God is like. Letter B. God has been his deliverer. Psalms 27 verse 1b. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? This is the Hebrew word of Jesus, Yeshua, which means salvation. It is a word that speaks of God's ability to save and deliver his people from harm. There is a famous phrase on a t-shirt. It says, no fear. This represents his philosophy that says that I won't fear anything in life. We fear nothing because the Lord is our deliverer. Let us see. God has been his stronghold. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. David's confidence comes from his power and protection from an almighty God. His enemies are evil, who are ready to eat him alive. They are without compassion. They are without mercy. But David's confidence is in God. That they will fall in their faces. That they will not succeed in their plans. A wonderful passage in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 62, verse 5 and 7, says, I depend on God alone. I put my hope in Him. He alone protects and saves me. He is my defender. I shall never be defeated. My salvation and honor depend on God. He is my strong protector. 
He is my shelter. I want us to notice that David in verse 3 moves from expressing his faith to extending his faith. Many people feel they can handle small problems. Others feel they can handle fairly large problems. But all of us will reach a limit where the problem is bigger than us. Bigger than we can handle on our own like sin. All men were born of this virus called the sin virus. But but Christ came in and saved us from that virus. Paul testifies of this fact in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, where he testifies, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through our through Christ. Our very problem is that that when apart from believing in Christ, we are not made right with Him. So He sent Jesus to die for our sin, solve our biggest problem, but we must believe and repent of our sins. If God is your stronghold, it doesn't matter how bad this virus is, because it's no comparison to the SIN virus that He already saved us from. Sometimes we spend so much time talking about what's wrong in our lives and replay the worst images in our minds or the worst case scenario in regarding to this pandemic. Instead, we must make time to express our faith like David and say, Lord, even if this virus gets a thousand times worse, you would still be there for me. If we're going to live the life they intend us to live during this pandemic, we need to learn to put our confidence in God. What is the strength of your life? Let me ask you. Let me ask you, where do you look for help? Point number two. David's prayer request. David requested three things from the Lord. First, to be in the Lord's house. Verse four. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. David was on the run when he wrote this psalm, and tells us his longing, his desire to be back in Jerusalem, to worship with God's people. After Christ's ascension, in Luke chapter 24, verse 53, tells us that the disciples met all the time to praise God. Thank God for technology that we are still able to meet online. Because if you love God, you will love the fellowship of his saints because God lives within the praises of his people. You see, when problem comes to many of us, the first thing we do is quit coming to church. We quit on God. So the last thing a Christian needs to give up is the church. The last thing that we give up is to quit on God. But if you allow fear to come between you and God, it will move you away from him. Don't allow this virus to separate you from God. Instead, allow it to push you towards Him. David in verse 5 says, For He will hide me in His shelter in a day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Here in verse 5, David gives us his reasoning. His trust in God. He, he was convinced that God would hide him. He was convinced that God would cover him. He was convinced that God would be his rock in times of trouble. You see, we will never know when the day of trouble will come or what it will look like for us. 
but we can always trust in him. Paul experienced this grace in 2 Corinthians 12, where he says that my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness and the power of Christ may dwell in me. In verse 6, David goes on to say, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy, I will sing and make melody to the Lord. David shares his obsession for God's house. And since Solomon's temple was yet many years in the future, David wasn't talking about that temple. Because at that point, God's house was still in a tent. But it was the beauty of the Lord that captivated his heart. All David wants to do is to shout. All he wants to do is to sing. And make melody to the Lord. This is one of the reasons why singing is so important. Because it allows us to give a voice to our prayers. In times like this. When we don't feel like worshiping God. It's actually when we need to worship Him the most. Worshiping God makes all the difference. Worship makes us aware of God's greatness. And only then you can find peace. Point number two, to be in the Lord's presence. As we come to the last portion, starting in verse 7, we will see a sudden change of tone, language, and structure. The verb changes from the first person and the third person to the second person, where God, where David's speaking directly to God. In verse 7, David starts off by saying, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. David's main concern here was not that others may hear his prayer. His concern that God would hear his prayer. We see his deep awareness that his hope and his assurance was based only on the mercy of God. There was a scene in a movie called The Apostle where Robert Duvall's character, Sonny, is praying out loud to God in his room. So loudly that people outside can hear him. One of the characters says, Oh, that's just Sonny talking to God. He gets that way sometimes. I like that. In this, during this time of this pandemic, we want to hear from God. And God wants to hear from you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the writer gives us this, this amazing invitation. He asks, firstly, he says, Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. He calls the throne of God gracious. And then he promises that there will, that we will receive mercy, that we will find grace to help us when we need it most. In this time, it's a time for us to pray. The, the psalmist in chapter 20, 121 of the book of Psalms asked this question. Where does my help come from? from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. To slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. What an amazing promise for us that our God is present in our time of need and he is present with you today. Going back to Psalms 27 verse 8 you have said 
seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. One of the many benefits of being a Christian is that God puts in us a desire to seek his face, a, a desire for us to be in his presence. But we must be willing to follow through. We must make the effort to be with God. In every difficult situation like this pandemic, God's speaking to us and telling us to seek him, telling us to stay close to his presence. When this happens to you, I want you to respond. I want you to listen to your heart. Don't take it for granted. Every night as I go to God in prayer, I start with, with a prayer of adoration, followed by a long prayer of confession and thanksgiving. Finally, a very long prayer request. But prayer is not done yet. There's still one more thing to do. That is to listen. In 1 Samuel 3, Eli instructed Samuel to respond this way. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When you come to God in prayer, may you end with this. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's how our prayer time ends, with listening to God. It means you must close your mouth. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. In verses 9 and 10, David said, Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, or forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. I love that last part where the Lord said, the Lord will take me in. David here recognizes his own sin and confesses it and calls on God for help. Moreover, he also acknowledged that even those closest to him will fail him. In David's case, his mother and mother never abandoned him. But even if they did, even if they kicked him out, and disowned him, he knows that God would never. Even if your parents abandon you, God will be there to provide for you. Our last point this morning is to be in the Lord's protective hand. David says in verse 11 and 12, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breed out violence. What a humble confession. Out of a personal ignorance. No wonder he says, Lord, teach me. Because I don't know. I want you to notice that David asked God to direct him along a well-lighted street. You see, when we follow God, we are safe. And we are secure. Because we are under his protection. And when we leave God, we leave His protection and we open ourselves to danger. Verse 13, David continues by saying, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Here it's almost as if David is saying, if I didn't have God in my life, if I didn't believe and trust in Him, life will be very difficult. David shudders at this thought, and he can't even complete his own sentence. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever felt that way? That if we didn't have God in our lives, 
We just wouldn't know how to continue. We wouldn't know how we could get through this pandemic. Lastly, verse 14. David says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let not your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. David encouraged himself and, and others who may be going through trials to wait. One thing that we know about God is that He does not operate on our timetable. Since He doesn't, we need to remain calm when He delays. All these principles are available to all believers. You just like they were to David. One thing about being a believer. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us that all things will work together for good. I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't know when God is going to do it. All I know from scripture, all I know from the promise of God, that he will work things out. In closing, I want to introduce you to a man named Wang Ming Dao. He was a Christian minister in China who spent 23 years in prison. His strong faith inspired millions of believers in China. After his release, um, of a visiting minister from the United States asked him, I will probably never be put to jail like you. So how can your faith have an impact on mine? Wang replied that when he was put to jail, he was devastated. In jail, he had no Bible, he had no pulpit, no audience, no pen and paper. He could do nothing except get to know God. And that was the greatest relationship he has ever known. He went on to say that if you simplify your life, you will know God. Then the author ended his account about Wang with his piercing words. Revival can only come to those who make room for God. Be often in God's presence and during these times of this pandemic. Get to know Him. Gaze upon His beauty. And have fellowship with your family. Let me invite you to pray. Our most gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we ask for healing, we ask for help. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will sustain the bodies and the spirits of those who've been affected by this virus. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will contain the spread of this infection. God, we ask for protection for our elderly, for those suffering from this chronic disease. Provide for the poor, especially the uninsured. God, give them the unnecessary caution to keep them from unwittingly spreading this disease. Inspect, inspire people, God, to help. God, help our elected officials as they allocate the necessary resources for combating this pandemic. Help them to provide more tests to those who need it. God, we pray for the scientific community leading the charge to understand the disease and community, communicate its gravity. God, give them knowledge, give them your wisdom, and give them your voice. And this we pray in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.